0: When I go to the theatre, a concert or a museum, I usually do it to escape, because in whatever form, art provides a different perspective. We used to say art for art's sake, but that way of thinking about art's role in society has since changed. And nowadays, if I'm having a cultural experience, I'm even likely to be the target of calls to action, climate action. In this episode, we'll get examples from the Nordic countries where up to 90% of the population regularly engages in cultural activities. Those are the highest rates in Europe. And so Nordic populations have become an obvious target group for these campaigns. That's because more and more people in the arts and cultural sector choose to make the combat against climate change a part of their theatrical play, performance or exhibition. Why is this happening? How are they doing it? And why does the creative sector see itself playing a supporting role in the fight for a more environmentally sustainable world? I'm Afton Halloran, and you're listening to the Nordic Talks podcast.
1: Right now, we're just an instrument or a wheel or a little part of the whole engine. But we need to actually be in front, because the cultural sector and the institutions are massive. There are many. Just in Denmark, we have approximately three million people watching theater last year. Three million people is like half the population of Denmark. So we have a big audience to reach.
0: This is Christian Gade Bjarum. He's an actor and the co-founder of Sustainable Performing Arts Now, an organization that wants to make the Danish performing arts industry a leading force in the fight for sustainability.
1: What we're doing now in Denmark is like pioneering work because no one has really done or made initiatives to bring the uh, industry of the performing arts scene together to actually try to find out how can we create uh, strategics uh, or politics how can we create uh, the movement uh, to 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 pass on for the generations and so also to uh, to just take action and I've been uh, climate environmental activist for I don't know 15 years actively doing campaigns and creating uh, different small movements uh, in Denmark and um, Everything has, like, built it up to where I'm at right now, combining my climate-activistic work uh, with now the performing arts scene.
0: In a few minutes, we'll hear more about sustainable performing arts now. And we'll learn that Christian is not alone in his call to action. Christian is joined by two other people, a British theatre director and the leader of a vibrant cultural venue in the Faroe Islands. They were brought together by Cut the Cord Theatre in an online Nordic Talks event held during the International Leadership Week in London.
2: I'm Kay, I'm a theatre maker, and in the past two years I've been working to establish Culture Declares Emergency. This is Kay Michael, the British theatre director that I mentioned before. And that's a movement of um, cultural organisations and artists declaring climate and ecological emergency, And with that, pledging to take action. There's a lot of um, collaboration, networking, really ambitious, um, imaginative acts and activity taking place. Culture Declares Emergency was
0: founded in the United Kingdom and has managed to mobilize people and organizations from all over the British cultural sector. The movement is growing internationally and breaking new ground.
2: It's a new story, you know, or it's one that we're learning to tell. And um, art is about storytelling, I think, <laughs> fundamentally, and about inspiring people with these stories. So I think what is the role that we can play as artists to, to galvanize those stories and inspire people with these new stories of working
0: together? The problem is that the climate is changing at an astounding pace. And according to Kay, the cultural sector is in a good position to spread the message of climate action far and wide, especially if it involves the audience.
2: We have a huge reach with our audiences. And so more than just telling our audiences a story that we feel everyone should be a part of or a story that we're leading on because we're doing X, Y and Z, bring your communities into that story creation This is a participatory co-creation, you know, we all need to come together, right? And we're all artists now. This requires such a huge leap of imagination and courage from everyone right now, whether you think yourself as an artist or not. And so that's something that we've been really, a message I suppose that we've been mobilizing around, The Culture Declares Emergency.
0: One example of involving the audience is the Letters to the Earth campaign, In the beginning, it was mainly the British public who were invited to join this internet campaign. Citizens were urged to literally write a letter to the earth addressing the apparent emergencies. The letters were published on the campaign's website. And the news about the concept quickly spread beyond the borders of the United Kingdom. Since then, thousands of people from all over the world have written letters. From
2: four-year-olds to scientists. We've had journalists, politicians, scientists, and artists as well um, responding to that call out. It's a really open call. We say you can write a letter to or from the earth, to or from future or past generations, to or from other species or people in positions of power and influence. And it also opens up a real call to action. Someone, you know, we've had children writing really angry or determined letters, um, making their their demands for the future heard, and I think that's Roosevelt as well. That we we're, we're create. We all need to be part of creating that vision of where we want to get to, and the vision of the future we want to be building together.
0: Back in Copenhagen, Christian is working on a project that will mainly involve a younger audience.
1: It's going to be a world premiere on the first ever performing art show about Greta Thunberg. <laughs> it's. Well I mean you got to sell some tickets but it's I mean it's a great story she's an important person so this there's this big venue in Denmark who uh, who's going to tell her story and we're obviously going to help them pr- trying to produce it but we've added on top of that a climate festival that's going to run at the theater for those 3 weeks where they're going to do the show and one of the workshops we want to create is a workshop for 12 to 16 year olds. So we want to invite the audience, these young kids to come in to a workshop where they can uh, create a speech, write their own speech. Uh, We'll give them some tools on how to present themselves in front of the camera, and then we'll film it, and then they can uh, learn how to make it go viral. So in that way, we're trying to um, educate, you know, um, create more climate activists in a sense. So that's a way of integrating sustainable action into, you know, adding that to a performing arts show, which is super exciting. And I think it's going to be an interesting way to actually try to combine climate action with real action. And I had this dream, envisioning this dream that all these kids that are creating the speeches and uh, becoming climate activists, we're going to create small demonstrations every Friday. Uh, during the the performance. Um, So we have like three small demonstrations, Fridays for Future, but where we get all the kids who've been watching the show, then working with themselves with their speech and then make them go on stage and just fire it off.
0: One thing is involving the audience. Another thing is what cultural institutions do at their own venues. Should they be responsible for practicing what they preach and lead by example? According to Kay and Christian, the answer is a clear yes.
1: For a long time, we are producing plays on big stages, telling about the catastrophe, telling about all the problems that are. But what we really need to do now is to uh, not only tell about what's going on, but actually uh, solve the problems You know, when it comes to the work we do and uh, we go into the theaters, we say, what is your action plan to reduce your CO2 emission at this theater? So we need the theaters to come up with these plans uh, so they can create changes in the institution and not only on stage by telling the story about everything is fucked up, pardon me. So when you begin to create new narratives that's not only being told on stage, you also have another impact on the people that you communicate with or the people you work with uh, behind the scenes.
2: Here's Kay. What we were really inspired to do at the beginning of founding this movement was to ask the question, well, what does it mean for an artist or a cultural organization to take on um, a real civic role in these times to, to meet this crisis? And I, I love what Christian was saying about the, the narratives, and um, not just being on the stage, but also behind the scenes. You know, really reimagining all of our roles in this. Yes, okay, I'm a theatre director, but also I'm a citizen. I'm a I'm a I'm a person with a, with a personal life, a professional life, a, a a political life. I don't know if all of you
3: know kind of. Faroe Islands, where are we? Um, But we are part of Denmark, uh, and we are in the ocean, and it's 18 islands. In the
0: Faroe Islands, Gunn Hernes has a lot of experience implementing concrete climate action. She's the director of the Nordic House in Torshavn, the capital and the largest city in the Faroe Islands. The house is run as a Nordic institution of arts and culture, with a diverse program of music, literature, lectures, and much more.
3: So the Culture House is uh, is the hub. It's the Culture House. It's produce uh, culture and invite culture to come and show here at uh, this scene. And it's uh, we have seven different rooms. Uh, the main stage is 400 seating when it's not Corona. We programme art, and by that we can also make some change and, and move in this climate action, but also running a house, uh, meaning that we have to do some repair, uh, maintains. we have to buy new equipment, how to be sustainable, also using and buying and, and keeping this house alive. We are also a conference uh, centre, it's a five-star conference centre, and also starting the work to turn that into a green conference center.
0: Gunn remembers that it was all quite overwhelming in the beginning.
3: I was really kind of, oh my God, what this is too big. I have a big house to run. I have a big staff. Um, what to do? And we just started with the low-hanging fruits. Change everything from uh, cleaning labels into eco-friendly. Like, you know, just... Do the change on the daily basis actually. I really had to kind of talk to myself and to the team to say that we are important. We are important to make the change. Uh, we have to be ambassadors, we have to just believe that every uh, step we take is important on this journey. So like just to change to an electric car Uh, like we have for the house and all these kind of small, small changes um, is kind of uh, a part of the movement. And I think that for us, it's also changed the way we think and talk in our private life and how we see the grocery shops and how we we are changing the way we kind of move in the society. Um, For us, it was important to set some goals, to be totally concrete. I know it's it's easy for me as a director to say that we are going to be greener. What does it mean? What is the change um, on a daily basis and also in the long run for the house, uh, changing the windows, changing the roof, to have kind of to set up goals, be concrete, start with the low-hanging fruits.
0: In Denmark, Christian has launched an initiative to help other cultural institutions take action. It's called the Sustainable Production Guide.
1: It's a manual, 55 pages. You give it to a production company. You give it to the the director uh, or the scenographer or the technical staff. All the different areas that you have in a theater production, they all have now guidelines to where they can uh, change and make small steps it's also divided into sectors, so you can do small steps or greater steps or big steps in terms of creating your production, making your production more sustainable, which is a great tool. And what we've been doing now is to actually make a declaration, as you spoke of, Kay, but a declaration of the performing arts scene and inviting the companies to come in and and use the guide And then we can, you know, begin to have case studies and find out, basically, what is the baseline for the performing arts scene of Denmark? Because, again, we are pioneering this work right now. So nobody really knows where to start. So this is kind of where we started uh, calling into meetings and then sharing the guide.
0: Christian's mission is to establish Sustainable Performing Arts Now as an organization that monitors and guides the sustainable transition in the performing arts industry. At the Nordic House in the Faroe Islands, Gunn is fulfilling her commitment to climate action in all aspects of running this cultural center.
3: I would say I'm quite happy because, or lucky, because it's uh, we are part of the Nordic Council of Ministers and they are pointing out that we have to make a change. So we can actually be a part of the change uh, in our daily life and in our budgets as well. Um, And we are kind of run as a non-profit organization, as a culture house. So in that way, we are quite lucky because we can actually move in this. Um, Otherwise, I would look for more funds to do the like the bigger steps. But I have to point out also that we have um cafe that's vegetarian. Uh, it was the first cafe in Faroe Islands being a vegetarian cafe. And it's also interesting when people like, oh, I need my sandwich. It should be like this and all this kind of, it was used to be like that. And to be part of that changed and just to be kind of consistent. Uh, and now it's the... Um, On Saturdays, it's uh, the most crowded place in Tushan uh, for families. We have a big venue, so it's nice for families to come. And they're all eating vegetarian food. I don't know if they know, but they are. And it's not difficult. It tastes good. You're not hungry afterwards. And, you know, all this kind of... That's actually just small actions, but it it means a lot for people to just get introduced to it. And now they're asking for it. Are you a green-labeled conference center? So it's kind of the audience and, and the uh, customers are also pushing the venues um, to be greener, and also with the food waste and all these kind of things. So it's, it's a movement now, and as a business leader, you have to step up. Gunn,
0: Kay and Christian all believe that cultural leaders have an important role to play in fueling this movement.
1: As a leader, you have to acknowledge your responsibility to lead. Not only a cultural institution, but also all the people that work for you or help you. And because you also know that, again, you have a big audience that comes into your theatre and watches your shows. And sooner or later, they're going to demand that theatres live up to some kind of green standards or sustainable standards. Otherwise, they're going to choose the other theatre who's going in that direction. So it's business also, you know, and strategic stuff. But as a leader, you gotta play your part and take the responsibility.
2: Yeah, um, I think you're absolutely right, Christian, what you say, and and that um, what I hear and what you said also is is the collaborative nature of that leadership, mm-hmm. out of necessity, and the the humility of that to say, hey. We don't necessarily know, you know. This is you said this is all new, and that is going to require us all working together, and and that's a, you know in in potentially new ways. And so we're exploring at Culture declares emergency as the decentralized um, movement where decision making is really distributed and people are are empowered to to take to take things on for themselves. But when working together in teams of of other artists that you may never have met before, and, and across the cultural spectrum as well. You may have a theatre director collaborating with um, the owner of a gallery, You know, for example. We've explored, well, what other systems of communicating do we need, actually? So the model is, well, what can we do that is good enough and safe enough? you know, as well. You know, sometimes we have to work. Yes, we need to work through those new ways of of making decisions together and collaborating together, but also we need to be bold and we need to sometimes just say, you know what, my feedback and my critique or my objection isn't actually strong enough and I'm willing to try this. I'm just willing to try it. It's safe enough to try. It's good enough to try. And we will learn as we go. We will reflect and, and learn. And I think building in that process of of reflection and reviewing, and then uh, trying something again is actually that's a sustainable uh, process in itself, and that to me is is about sustainable leadership, but collaborative leadership too.
1: We also need the leaders to push the agenda on on you know a bigger scale, you know, um, in the political system. If you have movements like ours in Denmark, when you start beginning to have the big cultural institutions pushing the greener in, agenda. Then you also have, you know, more people with more power and influence to push the politicians because they are the ones who really have to sit down and say, okay, we need a lot more money to spend on the the transition into the more sustainable uh, environment.
3: For us, this is gun again. As a big part of the civilization, we have a big responsibility to, to kind of... That when they come to the Nordic house, they can do they already had done the right choice. That's kind of my goal, because I think to make the right choice is the most hard thing. Like when you go to the grocery store, what is the right choice then? But what we actually do is to try to think more, when we invite people to be more, um, to have them for a longer period of time, uh, include them also in the um, music school or in, in Glaser or in the education part of the society or make them go on a tour. You can actually travel green on the Faroe Islands. Um, like to be more kind of partner also in the Faroe Islands to look at that. Um, and to also be loving people hold workshops or talks that the knowledge is going to be here. I feel like that's also a way to be sustainable not to have one show and off again, um, but, but to be connected. Here's Christian again.
1: I came to think of, you know, back in the old days when the theatre was kind of created and in, in Greece and democracy was founded and all this, the theatre was like a democratic institution. It was an institution for democratic conversations. This is where people gathered and they, you know, saw something, and I, I assume they also had a lot of conversations. And I think we have to bring that more into play because there are a lot of venues around the world that shows a performance in the evening. But the rest of the day, it's, yes, yeah, some people are rehearsing in a, in a rehearsal room, but, but there's still a venue there that can have a lot of interaction and a lot of conversation. And, and I think we need to try to, to open up the theater's venues more to bring those conversations in.
2: Here's Kay again. We also collaborate with other sectors. So Gunn, as you say, we need more than just the cultural sector <laughs> on, on this narrative. What does it mean for um, so many other sectors to imagine their role in these times? Um, so so um, we have seen alongside culture declares emergency, we've had health declares emergency, tourism declares emergency, and you suddenly think, oh my God, they're going to stop Um, promoting their flights. Um, We've had um, business declares emergency, um, music declares emergency, architects. And so this this is a really interesting landscape now where you've got so many different players um, reimagining what their sectorial role is right now and then collaborating across those sectors
0: there's certainly no shortage of initiatives promoting climate action within the cultural sector. But where are Kay and Gunn taking it from
2: here? We need to be engaging with the young. We need to be working with young people on this. It's it's their future and there are some great feeling in the young. I think we need to do all we can to support them and to platform their voices and their demands.
3: I think I yeah, will, because I'm um, Just the experience myself, I would say low-hanging fruits again. Just start with the small, simple things. um, And just try to make the right choices. And you can start tomorrow.
0: Christian has some advice for theatergoers and artists alike.
1: Uh, I would like to add... uh, There's a baby crying in the background. I can't really do anything about it right now. I'm sorry. But I wanted to add... um, Go to the theater where you like to go, and you can also begin to ask, you know, just out of curiosity. Hey, what's do you have any climate plan for this theater, Uh, or what's your what's your action plan to to lower your CO2 emissions? Uh, And I think it's important that we dare to ask those questions. It's not to judge it or anything, but it's just to bring the the attention towards it. Because again, if you if is if the audience on a greater level begin to, you know, demand something from the, from the venues that, they, that we go to, it would also enforce the venues to actually begin to look at the changes they need to do. I would also really encourage all artists to dare to rip their hearts out and then share both the horrific scenarios that we are actually in and we are facing but also really encouraging to share the dreams and the way you envision the world to be or the, the the way you want to be in the world. Because in the time we are now in the pandemic and everything is like, there's so much stuff going on. We really need us as artists to promote the dreams and, and hold on to the dreams that are, that are for the better world.
0: I definitely need more art that makes me dream, art that provokes me, moves me and makes me reflect on my own actions. And after listening to Kay, Gunn and Christian, I'm also convinced of the art's potential to push us towards climate action. I'm sure that it will have a huge effect across the globe. The Nordics make for an interesting testing ground, and maybe we can serve as an example for others to follow, given our high rates of cultural engagement. From now on, whenever I check out the latest exhibition or go to the theatre, all choose what could be a whole new category. Art for the climate's sake. Look us up on Instagram at nordic.talks to get the latest updates on this podcast and live events. I'm Afton Halloran. Thanks for listening.